Hello my friends. Today Joel is talking to Roland, the global chief security officer at TikTok, and they discuss what it takes to secure one of the world's largest entertainment platforms. Why Roland prioritizes mission-driven talent spanning engineering, security, safety, and privacy, and the various techniques TikTok employs to protect its diverse user base. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So how did you, you know, in Florida, in this area, that's typically like somewhat of a small town. I mean, they're all kind of like small towns, but, but uh, how did you end up working with TikTok? Oh, how I worked with TikTok is an entirely different story, but I was, so I've been the chief security officer of ADP for the last 10 years. And I, um, my dream job came open. A friend of mine, another major multinational, the chief security position was open. It was like my dream job. Uh, when I started interviewing for it, I realized it was not my dream job. <laughs> and it just so happens that uh, the same recruiters were recruiting for the TikTok job that had been open a while. And, and, and they had asked me, hey, what, do you, what would you like to do? And, and I told them about, you know, my focus on advanced technology, my focus on, you know, doing things for the greater good and, you know, high paced environments. And they go, how about TikTok? I said, say what? <laughs> so that was that was a almost five and a half six months journey in 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 working uh, with TikTok and in talking about what they wanted and, and what I wanted to you know do or could do and um, accumulated with an incredible opportunity to meet their CEO that was just that's that changed you know changed my whole perspective and had a great meeting and I can touch on a couple of those things, uh, it, you know, in, yeah. in conversation. So, yeah, but that's how I got to TikTok, and now it's been uh, almost two years. Is the CEO the founder? He is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he, we couldn't, we couldn't arrange a time to sit down. He's a sit down type of guy. You'd pass him a thousand times on the street. You wouldn't know that he's one of the smartest technical human beings in the world. And, um, he flew down and what was supposed to be a 90 minute meeting turned into three and a half hours of us going back, talking about what ifs, different types of technology. How do you, how do you, you know, enable that type of global capability, you know, you know, in the security risk and privacy realm, it was just an amazing conversation. It really was. So that's, yeah, that's, that's how I got here. And it's just been nonstop since. That's so cool. What's your actual title? Chief security officer, global chief oh. security officer. Yeah. Nice. And so you were in the Air Force. Were you doing security in the Air Force? Yeah. The other side of it, it was combat security police and specialty in anti-terrorism. That sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad gig. I got some really great years of training that you know are usable in different ways. But <laughs> What's the difference from like... I mean, TikTok is such an enormous scale. Like everybody, you know, knows what TikTok is. And I even knew what TikTok is, even though I had never used it. <laughs> when I found out that you were going to come on the show, I was like, that is so awesome. 
TikTok's like huge. Everybody knows what TikTok is. And then I thought, I've never, I don't know what TikTok is. Like I know the brand did an excellent job with the brand, but I just don't know what it is. So I, I sat down that night with my wife and I was like, you have to show me how to use TikTok. Cause a couple of times before she was like doing some weird stuff with a video. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, don't worry. She's like, just stand there. She's like, it's a TikTok. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. And so then at first, you know, cause I was a brand new account, just started scrolling through it. I was like, what is this? And I was, I was like really confused. And then, uh, she was telling me, I was like, I don't, li- I don't like it. I don't like it. And she goes, no, no, no. You have to like go find stuff that you're interested in. And I said, okay. So I found some science TikToks, like where they do like science experiments or like interesting dude. It is so cool. I love it. So, so like everyone's feed is different. That's the beautiful thing of, of the algorithm. It, it provides you a path to the people and things you want to connect to. And then you can decide, right. Whether, whether you want to see it or not. And in based on, based on that is it, it, how it helps you develop, you know, those connections and, 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 and being able to consume things that are specific to you. And, and that's really, I think the beauty behind it, you have two sides of TikTok. You have, the people that create to be their authentic self, to deliver what makes them happy, to show themselves to the world. And, and then you have the people who want to consume it and, and uh, enjoy, you know, communities, you know, global communities across the platform that are of like, if, if so to speak, where they, it makes them happy. It makes them smile. I mean, so my feed, <laughs> I was a former canine handler. So my feed is full of an awful lot of canine stuff. I'm the daughter of two young adult, you know, uh, women who are one's out of college, one's still in university, um, but they hate my dad jokes. I freaking think I'm hilarious, <laughs> right? And uh, and so my feed's full of that. And uh, my my wife and I uh, enjoy, you know, uh, messing with our kids. So our feeds are full of you know parents having fun messing with their kids you know so it's just it's like whatever makes you smile um so it's 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 a fun place to work i just learned two new things i'm going to find some dad joke channels and parents messing with kids stuff i'm excited oh and and search for the dad help desks those are hilarious <laughs> i love being a dad you know i'm only 4 years into it almost 5 but uh the, the, the pass you get with dad jokes is quite possibly the most underrated part of being a father. <laughs> so, so true. So true. Here at TikTok, we actually have an internal group of, uh, uh, you know, we have our, our, our own, our own uh, enterprise technology and uh, there's, there's a group on it called dad jokes and, and you could get lost in that for hours. It's so damn funny. <sighs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'm glad I know you now. Now I'm going to message you all my TikTok stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So I was really curious though, like chief security, like global security officer, is that everything from like the desk of the engineers devices to the servers? Is that everything security or is it just in a specific area? Oh, it's everything. So think of it as business operations protection. So our our focus is the protection of the totality of the company, the um, technology, the platforms, the hosting environments um, that make up the products. And, and so our global security programs uh, encompass both security, risk, and privacy operations. So where, where we have everything from data defense to 
uh, our cyber intelligence units to our threat management teams, our incident response teams, our new fusion centers we're building out, which are super stoked about, you know, all the way through to um, our, our privacy and data protection organization that focuses on specifically on privacy controls. And then, of course, risk management and our trust and assurance team. So these are you know, hundreds of practitioners around the globe solely focused on the principal you know, priority that our, you know, our company has, which is the security, safety, and trust of the platform. I love it. And you just sparked an idea, a thought. So my uh, sister-in-law has uh, two boys that are like late elementary going into middle school. So they have phones now, right? And they have Instagram and they're really into gaming. And the way I was hanging out with her and I saw her doing something on her phone, like, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I log into my son's Instagram so that like I have their profiles on my phone. So I go in and check on them. And I was like, that is so interesting. And so I started doing some research, you know, as a parent, cause I don't have to deal with it today, but you know, you don't want the kids banging on the keyboard and like hitting the wrong site or anything. Yeah. So I st- it is so much more advanced than when I was a kid. It was just like the wild West, but now you can do amazing privacy controls at the routers. Like Disney makes a router. All, all these other companies have these crazy mm-hmm. child protect, like privacy and stuff. And I didn't see that Instagram had it. Like, do you guys have things like oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the, you know, th- there's so many layers. It you know here at at TikTok and our um, uh, our trust, security, safety, and privacy controls. Um, wh- one of my favorites is family pairing. So you you know, it's interesting you asked about that. Our our family pairing capability allows a parent to pair their account with their child and help control what they can see, do, uh, manage who they connect, they connect with, you know, depending on age. Um, because if you're a younger user on a platform, you can't connect with anyone. But the, the whole idea is to put in these set of layered controls that involves the you know, parents or adults in, in a child's life that, that gives family capabilities to enjoy the platform together um, in a safe and secure manner. But that's on top of all the other work that our trace, trust and safety organization does. You know, Joe, we, we remove, I, I got to say it's 90, 93 or 94% of all violative videos, right? Things we don't want on platforms. We have strong user uh, and, and community guidelines on our platforms that are constantly enhanced. And we use outside third-party groups to help us develop them. It, nine, literally 93, 94% of those get removed. Before the video even hits platform, so when someone creates a video and they go to push it to platform, it goes through an introspection. And at that point, either voice, video, um, uh, lyrics, and or words within the video itself um, are inspected. And if it's not appropriate for platform, it'll be removed. And so there's so many of these type of things. Um, Q2 2000, or in 21, just in Q2 alone, 82 million videos. Um, we removed, you know, it was, it's amazing the speed at which the technology moves, but our capabilities have kept up with it. So it's, it's fun to be part of an organization that's so focused on that. Yeah. And you're right. Because I sat down for an hour last night to go through it again. And, uh, right when I opened it up, it said it had a little dialogue that said the community standards have been recently updated, you know, click here to view them. Of course I didn't, I just clicked. Okay. So I could get to my science memes and stuff. <laughs> but read right. them. Read them. I mean, you know, I, it's funny because I, 
I probably come to the same place with you. You know, where I, I dig into technology. I get rid of that. I keep going. I want to read. I want to get into the you know the tech itself. But I think it's important. I think it's important. You know, for for people to focus on what the technology can do for them and how they can engage the technology and use it as a responsible person of the online community. I think it's up to people to be able to stand what controls, what protection they have over their own uh, their own information. I mean, there are things within our platform that allows you know, people to define the privacy they have, define who they share things with, define uh, to understand um, what data they have. Uh, you know, I mean, like all of these things are available to users. So tongue in cheek, I get it. But I think it's important uh, for folks to go look at that stuff. Uh, Samsung, I, ins- I had to buy this new TV, right? And when I was registering it or setting it up, first of all, it made me like install an app and go through this infinite amount of steps I wasn't too happy about. But one of the things that I had to check the box on in order to proceed with the setup is confirming that I understand that they have this like voice ad recognition system and I couldn't like opt out of it. I'm going to search later because this was just last night. So I'm going to search later to see if I can opt out of it after it's all set up, but it wouldn't let me complete the setup process unless if I accepted the terms that they're going to like listen to my voice and provide like provide me suggestions with products about that. I've seen that in a couple other apps and like trends, not specific to TikTok. Like how, how do you see that as a technological human being living in the world? So I see choice is a really important thing. I see um, notification and being transparent about what you're providing, what you're not providing, what your capabilities are and are not. Um, I don't know the specific technology, so I, you know I don't really want to pontificate on it, you know, specifically. But I think what's important from a technology point of view and into our earlier conversation is it's important to put things out there. What our technologies are capable of and not, and then give the choice into the hands of of the individual. If you want to engage in a specific technology and that requires, you know, a a certain level of privacy or or agreement to how your information will will or will not be used, you should have that choice. You should, that, that is really, again, I think why we're leaning in regionally as a company, why we're leaning in into you know advanced data protection laws around the globe and in curating our product to ensure uh, that it matches those. Um, you know it's it's about how the world works and how technology works within that world. You know a lot of a lot of people think there's a you know peanut butter spread, you know one law should be able to cover the world and that's just not not real. Different cultures, different requirements, different consumer protection requirements. Those those are going to happen in different parts of the world. So you know, making products that enable that type of capability, that ensure that level of choice is, I think, things that we should be focusing on, not just as a executive technologist, you know, within a technology company, but also as a user that I like to geek out on these things as well. I'm a bit of a techno nerd when it comes to trying new technologies. And it's important for me to understand um, what my level of risk is or not when it comes to certain technologies. Yeah, it's like investing, right? You get to pick your risk level or you get to... I, I like it when it's very optional. I love that there was a positive trend in the tech world where, you know, back back in, when things first started, all of these things were happening in just blanket agreements. And then some companies started to stand out by saying, hey, we're going to be like super transparent and that's the platform we're going to run on. And then they started presenting things to you and you could turn things on and off and see your... And I love the fact that that became a trend in our field. 
I, I do too. I, one of the reasons I love being here is, is you know, the, the continuation and the focus. And, and we get up every day and, and, and one of our ethos is user-centric focus. And so what would the user want? What, what, what does the user need? What, what is expected in, you know, those regions we operate and, and being able to continue evolve our product on a daily basis sometimes to achieve that. Uh, first time in my career that um, I've been able to do that and uh, really super excited. I have no experience with uh, like cross regional customizations of like technology and a social context. Does the TikTok app uh, like operate differently in different regions? Um, it does from everything from our data defense to access assurance, like it's all on the back end. Like how, how does it work? What can be, you know, offered from a services perspective within the platform in different regions? You know, generally the platform as a whole is, a, is, is an integrated singular platform that allows the sharing of videos, you to have private or public videos, you to engage um, with whoever you want around the world. But as we think about the, 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 Things on the back end that we have to make sure that are protected, secure, private choices that we give, um, you know, depending on where you register your application or your residence location. All of those are important in how we uh, provide the service out to the consumer. How do you do incentive alignment within your team or how, what does your team even look like? Ah, it's a good question. Um, so uh, we have, you know, a, a broad set of remits, right? So it, you know, security is simply mission critical here, right? That that is, you know, that's that's how we focus on it. And I, by the way, I come from critical infrastructure defense, right? That is kind of my my whole background. Now I'm in the coolest technology company ever, but it's because they're, you know, our focus when we started this is is really on, you know, it's part of the critical infrastructure of the organization. So, you know. Obviously, data is important, right? You know, users on TikTok, almost a billion MAUs now, or over a billion MAUs now, people around the globe sit on our platform and they trust us with that data, data. So we take it very seriously. So data defense and access assurance is absolutely critical to us. Also, from a safety perspective, we have the entirety of the safety organization that's focused on, you know, from, uh, you know, people of all ages, teens to grandparents, right? This is, this is important, right? Like, you know, for instance, next month, our financial crimes team that focuses on keeping bad stuff off platform, fraud things and things like that are engaging in anti-fraud uh, education programs for the public, for, for the elderly, um, with our partnerships with, with uh, public entities, because around Valentine's Day, people target, you know, elderlies for these Valentine's Day scams. And so, you know, we, you know, we're, we get involved in things like that. We, we, we kind of talked to the, the multiple teams previously, but it's set up in a, a primarily a team that does cyber defensive operations. One does that, that looks at over the threat horizons and then does um, modifies our monitoring and control capabilities, to defend against that and respond to incidents. We have what we call a converged security group that includes digital crimes, financial crimes, the people that are focused on our, our workforce to ensure that they're safe around the globe. And then we have a team that is constantly evaluating risks. So what are the risks we have to focus on? This is a fast moving world, a fast moving business. And so we constantly uh, reevaluate our, our risk criteria and, um, and, and really focus on the things that are most important to the community we serve and uh, in our business. So that's, uh, that's at a very high level, but that's, that's kind of uh, the mission space of uh, the teams that I get to, to work with every day. Yeah, and you need it too. I read an article 
and I don't know if it's true, but I think it is that uh, TikTok surpassed Google as one of the most visited websites in the world. Is that true? You know, I, I saw that somewhere too. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm the security guy. So I don't confirm or deny it. I don't know. I just know that we have a lot of people that we, you know, that are on the platform that we're going to continue to make these commitments to um, of providing a safe, enjoyable and happy place. I mean, the funniest thing when I, you know, I'm so used to critical infrastructure defense and cyber crime and this, and I come to a place where people are writing articles about the last sunniest corner of the internet. I'm like, cool. I get to wake up every day and protect the last sunniest corner of the internet. Like what more do you want in a job? Right. <laughs> right. Um, what's an MAU? You said that earlier. I didn't know what that oh, was. Uh, monthly average users. It's an industry oh. term. Um, it's, it's, it's monthly average users, daily average users. It's how um, technology is, is uh, measured. It's just one of the key metrics. Got it. Got it. Uh, you need high quality people on your team. You guys are protecting like a huge empire when you're talking with, obviously, you know, you have on your direct reports are these heads of these essential like mini organizations, right? Um, and how, when you're looking for these types of people to bring on your team, specifically like your direct reports, what is like, if you had to boil it down to one, maybe two traits, you know, when you're interviewing, what are the, the things that stand out to you when you're like, this is one of those special people I need to have them on my team? Mission centric. They have to be execution-orientated, mission-centric individuals that understand this space and uh, want to be in the fight every day. Like, you know, <laughs> when I was a when I was a, in law enforcement, in federal law enforcement, someone had once given me a T-shirt that showed a police officer on the the back of a garbage can and a garbage truck, and it says, "Some days this feels like my job." And in this world, when you're the nine one one for the business, you're the nine one one for the consumers on your platform, and you're dealing with you know people trying to attack, uh, people trying to do you know fraud schemes, people trying you know like all of this stuff. You deal with that. You have, you have to have people on your team that want to do that. Like. I love stopping bad guys. I love creating technology that, you know, stops organized crime or state sponsored issues or whatever it's going to be. And you want people that want to be in the fight. So if you ask me the one trait I'd have to, I, I, I would select over all of them is a mission centric person. I love it. And how, like, I saw that you guys have, you know, several thousand employees. Right. And when I was on the platform, I didn't see any ads. Like, how do you guys make money? So that is um, all part of how people uh, advertise on platform in, in different types of way, how, how content is provided to those that want it and receive it. There are some e-commerce parts of our, of our platform around the globe. And there's some different interesting ways that, you know, as content creators are, are, are compensated, that it's all part of a, a model that, that creates... Uh, creates that, but a lot of it is through our obviously through um, our our ads management, and it's it's not in your face, and it's user based, and so it's it's an easy. It, that's why people don't understand it because they they just don't see it. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I was in like the science one too. And if it's, if it knows that I'm interested in that and I'm searching through that, it would only show me like science relevant ones or, or ones that are targeted to those types of people. And that's really interesting. I, I like it personally. I like it when I don't really know that they're, I don't like annoying ads and I don't like irrelevant ads. So when things are just there, uh, 
and you know, there's like some little indicator or whatnot. That's some of my favorite because when you can scroll through it and the ad and the companies are making ads that are interesting enough to not be annoying as ads, that tends to be the art, right? And uh, like for us, we <laughs> we do these emails out, right, to to market, um, you know, sponsorships and stuff for the podcast. And I started, you know, I was really bored one day, and my kids were just playing like Frozen nonstop, like all day the movie. So I just said, you know what, I'm not writing a boring one. Like I'm just not going to write the normal ad today. And so I just wrote this one called like, "Do you want to build a podcast?" And I was like, Olaf agrees that we're like the best. And I just like just went with like you know mentioned Sven and like just all this silly stuff out there. And uh, I got the best responses that I've ever got from any email marketing campaign. And it's because it wasn't the same junk, like, can I have a meeting on your calendar? You know, it, it was something that was interesting. And so I really value like creators. I'm curious, you, you, you said something, do, do you guys support creators making money on your platform? Because typically like for us, we're on different platforms we have to go get our own advertisers and such. Do you guys, like, how do you interface with the creators in that? Oh, people. People make a living as creators on the platform. Really? Right? Oh, uh, some of the stories you should go research and I get, again, this is one of those, it's this, those happy places um, where you see a young mom who, um, you know, wasn't satisfied. You know, maybe a young single mom who wasn't satisfied with the job she was doing to support your, your young kids um, had a passion for doing soap. So created a soap line and then uh, went on and did marketing, or, you know, did, did, how she made it, um, how it smells, you know, what you can use it for and got hundreds of thousands of followers. And, and it's now has her own, you know, soap company that's making a lot more money uh, than she did. We have, you know, people that some of the top music that came out last year that, that hit the billboards came from creators, um, you know, that uh, are, are on platform. I mean, the interesting thing, it doesn't matter what your skill is, or what your passion is or what your, you know, your joy is, you can put it out there. And the more that it connects with people, the more money you can make based on, um, you know, how, how people um, engage you. So it's, it's really, really interesting to see the community that has just taken off here. I want to I plug your book, if that's okay. Is it for sale? Yes, yes. I, I would hope so. <laughs> What's the title of it? How to Become a Next Generation Chief Security Executive. Nice. And if I were to read one chapter of that book, which chapter should it be? I think the, 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 one of my favorite chapters is on the chapter of convergence and why that's important. And in, in the security space, you know, typically you have a, a CISO side of the house and a corporate security director side of the house and a risk management side of the house. I think the focus um, in the future of uh, enterprise defense and, and security is really around the concept of the totality of security how we make decisions, how we uh, drive controls, how we, how we evaluate risk. And it's hard to do that and have a discussion with the CEO at the same time while he has four or five different security or risk you know, practitioners coming to them. So there's a whole section on uh, convergence that focuses on why it's important to have holistic security business leaders. Um, that's why we kind of named the book the way we did. That the, the focus on the business um, and the consolidation of security practices to have a singular picture for the company to make fast, informed, educated decisions and to be able to execute across a broad set of 
of, of security capabilities to fight whatever needs to be fought. And whether it's a fraud issue, a cyber issue, an intrusion issue, uh, a workforce protection issue, whatever it may be, how do you do that, make decisions fast and understand the impact to, to the company? That's, that's what Convergence is all about. Excellent. Well, we'll put a link to the book in the show notes so people can click and buy it. Uh, one last question for you. The best piece of leadership advice that you've ever received? Uh, lead from in front. I mean, I, I come from the military. I, I was trained in leadership in the military. Best leaders I've ever followed, you know, led from the front. And they, they engage with the, the, the people um, who do the work. The closer you are to the work, the closer you understand the mission space and in what your people are going through, uh, the better leader you're going to be. So lead from in front. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.